Hey y'all and welcome back to the Mozo No More podcast and this week I am super excited for our guest. Today we have Kenneth Cunningham, my apostle. Oh, let's go. <laughs> yes, I love it. For those who don't know you, can you introduce yourself? Um, well, yes. Uh, again, I'm Kenneth Cunningham and uh, I am multifaceted. I am yes. a very, um, I carry a lot of different hats. So first, I'm a husband going on. Uh, this year be nine years and so after that it'll be a decade of being married yes and that's a big deal <laughs> in this time frame uh, I'm a father of three children uh, three natural children um, probably like a million uh, spiritual children <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I pastor the greatest church in the world period true generation church <laughs> okay so if you don't know anything about our church you can go follow us on Facebook we dope check us out virtually come visit I mean you'll love it it's a great experience and so yeah and uh, of course I'm I'm Got a lot of other things I'm getting ready to start doing too. So eventually, uh, I'll be adding to my list of titles, you know, like author, you know, traveling, you know, evangelist. I'm about to add to the list. Yeah. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. We love to hear it. Yeah. So, um, do you ever feel like there was a time in your life where you felt muzzled, silenced, or that your voice or calling didn't matter? If so, how did you over- overcome that season of your life? Um, yeah, I did. Um, when I uh, first started preaching, uh, especially because that's kind of when I really started to find my voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't really know I had that much to say until uh, preaching kind of taught me, right, that there was something in me that I could articulate. So when I first started preaching at my home church, um, I was allowed, I was given basically some boundaries about what you could say, what you can't say. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of being trained uh, automatically, subconsciously, like that you only can say what, you know, we are accepting of or whatever we, you know, uh, find is, you know, good to say or perfect. So I had to fix my ideas and all of my, uh, my vision, all of my preparation, all of my presentation around what they were comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So things that I thought or, you know, certain things that may have been you know, contradictory, I couldn't really expose those things. So I had to keep it to myself or I couldn't really find people I could talk to about it. So uh, during that period of my life, I was just trying to figure out, you know, uh, I'm seeing things differently. I'm understanding things differently. Like I'm studying stuff and I'm seeing stuff differently, but where can I express that? And so for um, a long period of time, uh, I was around people, but I was just really lonely. Yeah. Because nobody was thinking like I was and no one was processing, you know, information on my level. And then I'm such a, you know, uh, a people person. I love being able to talk about what I learned. So I learned something. I'm like, oh, man, let me show you what I learned. And so I tried it a few times to like kind of just expose some of my, you know, my deepest you know, sentiments and things that I believed and felt. And when I did that, you know, I was rejected. So I just learned how to be quiet until you can find people that, you know, could understand you or have capacity to understand you. Mm-hmm. So yeah So like since going through that season of your life And to the season you are in now mm-hmm. How does that feel like compared to the season Freedom <laughs> My God I say what I want to say Right um, I, I'm just to be, able, to be able to express yourself in, um, you know, in spaces where you won't be judged mm-hmm. it's, so, it's so much freedom It's yeah. liberating You know just even if people don't fully uh, Grasp the concept of what you're trying to say mm-hmm. Even if you just have the room to be able to just say it, just to express it, just to get it out of your mind, out of your heart, you know, it's just, um, just so much freedom. It's relieving. Yeah. And so now, you know, I'm just thankful that um, I've got um, ears that actually want to hear what I have to say. And I think that's important too. It gives value to your conversation, value to your ideas. Yeah. yeah. So good. 
So, like, what advice would you give to those who may be still in that season of their life where they feel like they can't express themselves and still, like, feel bound, like, in their mind and, like, their thoughts and not just having that space to, like, express themselves? Well, I think you have to start reevaluating your relationships, like, mm-hmm. reevaluate them completely. And um, you have to find safe spaces with people, you know, people that can allow you the room to vent, to, you know, just completely explore all of the things that you would naturally want to keep hidden, just so that your true self is never going to be tied behind other people's expectations of you, you know, Um, and you need to have the freedom to be flawed, to be, you know, wrong, to be right, to be challenged, to be completely free in your perspective about everything, whether it's politics, relationship, religion, whatever. I think everybody deserves at least one person in their life uh, that creates that environment for them. Mm-hmm. So I think you need to reevaluate your relationships, you know, or even try to take some of your friendships or some of your even maybe... um your spiritual relationships, if you have them, I know everybody ain't churchy, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But to push them to the next level, um, the next level of vulnerability uh, and the next level of exposure, mm-hmm. uh, because all of us need to have that or else, you know, you just be around people and still completely lonely because yeah. nobody hears you. Nobody hears you. Nobody like yeah. listening to what you have to say. Right, right, right. Yeah. And we all need to be heard. So, yes. you know, that's vital. And so I know like here lately in Bible study, you've been kind of just like hitting on it every once in a while about dating and you've just been dropping all the gems. <laughs> so how do you feel about the dating scene currently? Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a lot of young people in my church, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and a great deal of them are single. Yeah. So I'm burdened with this topic, you know, and uh, currently I feel like the dating scene is so confusing. Oh. oh my God. I think it's, and I mean, I've only, I've been married for nine years, so I've only been off, you know, the market really basically for like, you know, 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like in a decade it's changed. Everything's different. <laughs> like the approach is different. The perspectives are different. People's values of each other are different. I mean, the dating scene is just confusing. I mean, the, the whole, from the whole entanglement issue yes. to, <laughs> you know, to, you know, the, the situationships. I mean, it's just weird. Um, you know, cause, and I'm not that much older than, you know, I'm, I'm right in the same vein. I'm 29. So, but I just, you know, when I was in school and, you know, college or if I was done with you, I was done with you. Mm -hmm. You know, we broke up, we done broke up and I want everybody to know we done (laughs) broke up. I'm good. Right. But I think it's different, um, because, um, people now in this generation don't really have a grip on commitment. Mm -mm. So we we build these expectations, these ideas of love and romance and, you know, a possible future with people who really struggle with committing. So we just create new words that kind of describe a relationship that says, you know, I like you, but I ain't fully committed to you. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, I want to be committed to you, but I ain't ready yet. You know, and we've got these whole things that we do uh, to string people along in a way mm-hmm. and keep them engaged with us and keep them connected to us and keep them on our hip and in our pocket but ultimately uh, people haven't made real decisions mm-hmm. about if they want to be with you like I think you need to know what you want even before you start trying to date Ooh. you don't date to discover what you want mm-hmm. you know what you want you you have a concept of you know what it is that you're after or what you would expect you are dating to f- discover what people carry those characteristics mm-hmm. and I think that uh, what's happening is 
people haven't found themselves. And so they are just basically searching for, you know, a concept of what they may enjoy. And then it's all driven by feeling. It's all driven by emotion. Um, and there's no, no real commitment. And so the whole dating scene is just confusing. Everything about it is just, I don't know. It's confusing to me. Listen, <laughs> and I'm a part of the dating scene right now. Yeah, and it is very yeah, so like confusing. And like going back to the point, you say like people just like wanting like to keep you around. Yeah. Me, yeah. like I have never been in like a fully like committed relationship. It's always like situationship, situationship. Really? Yes. Like. Just situationships, entanglements. I bet you like, it wasn't your decision, though, was it? No. It was never my decision. It was always the other person. Yes. Afraid to commit. Yep. Yeah. And so, like, just even, like, I think to myself, like, now, I'm like, okay, I want a relationship. I want a relationship. But, like, I don't even know, like, how would I even, like, function? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm so used to having, like, okay, I'm talking to this person, but they don't want to commit. So, it's like, I'm talking to that person. And yeah. it's like, like, what, like you said, it's just, it's confusing. It is. And there's, like, just no, like, nobody wants to commit now. Yeah. And I think the confusing part for me is not that you have, um, you know, multiple people that you converse with or engage with I think is that people have multiple people that they are emotionally connected to mm. emotionally tied to I don't think that we've learned the concept that it's very possible for you to date to build relationship friendship explore uh, and not be completely emotionally invested in every single relationship or situation that you're in I don't think we've learned how to compartmentalize our feelings so mm. we, we're led by feeling and so once the feelings have been overwhelmed by a particular person's presentation, their look, how they make you feel, like you just ready to go all in. Uh, and so you either all or nothing, you know, you put all of your eggs in one basket, you know, and this is who I'm going to be with, you know, this is my boo, my bae, et cetera. And then uh, when your heart is broken, then you spaz it out. I mean, it's just we haven't learned how to put our emotions uh, on a very disciplined regimen to say, okay. I'm going to give you this much of me to ensure, right, that if at any point you change your mind, you become indecisive, you become unstable, like I invested some, but not all. So your departure or you leaving or us not being, you know, friends anymore ain't going to break me and destroy my life. That's hard because like, (laughs) I know sometimes, most of the times, and like even like friends that I have, mm. like we talk about, okay, we like, we're gonna have a hot girl summer. Mighty God, <laughs> hot girl summer. We're gonna talk to him, 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 but it's like, but it's so hard because sometimes, like, I know, like, as women, like, you just get so, like, tied to one person. Like, yeah. I start talking to this guy, and he's like, oh my gosh, he's so amazing. Like, I'm starting to plan my future. Like, we're gonna get married. We're gonna be. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Right and then there. it doesn't work. And then it's like, oh, I'm crushed. Like, I know. And you drop, like, I've done this before. Like, I'm talking to, like, okay, maybe I'm talking to Tim, Tom, and Jerry. Okay. And then I really, really like Tim. And so I drop the other Tom two. Tom and Jerry. And drop Tom I and get, Jerry. I get disappointed with I know. Tim. And I know. then it's like, I just dropped those other two. Now I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and that's, I think that's, um, the part that makes it even the more and more difficult uh, because to a certain extent, 
you know, because Tim's starting to like you too, and he don't want to have to compete with anybody. Uh, he would prefer for you to be loyal to him, and he not loyal to you. Mm. So it's really, really biased as it pertains to the male side and the female side, because most of the time males expect this sense of loyalty and commitment from uh, the woman that they're not willing to provide themselves. And, um, you know, I think that women have to kind of take control. And I know brothers probably going to, you know, not like me for this. They want to kill me for uh-huh. it. But uh, women, basically, you guys control the whole dating regimen. You control it. You you are the one who is in the driver's seat of what happens and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so uh, men can basically only do what you allow them to do. So if something happens or something goes wrong, your heart is broken, there's a part of you that opens yourself up maybe uh, either too soon or maybe without proper preparation on how opening yourself up this way would affect you. And so um, brothers are only going to do what they, you know, allowed to do. They're only going to try to take this space. They're going to go for all of it if they can. Mm-hmm. But if you set a boundary, if you create, you know, a parameter and say, well, hey, you can't go beyond this. This is what I want you to do. I, you're basically in the driver's seat. So I think um, it has to be a greater perspective that that the sisters have about themselves right to raise your standards Mm -hmm. and raise your values up so that uh, these men have to climb in order to reach you versus stooping Mm -hmm. that's good so I've heard like one of my friends, like, he's always playing devil's advocate. And okay. so, you know, like, <laughs> okay. they're like, okay, you need to, like, raise your values and, like, don't make it so easy for them. But it's sure. like, but what if you actually just genuinely like them and, like, you just want to give them all your time? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. You have to resist. Ooh. You resist the temptation to do that. And that's what's going to really help you discipline yourself emotionally because you know, I really like this person. And then you can measure your growth because you can say, well, I know, and, you know, in years past, if I like somebody, I just would have just went all in. And yes. just, but when you have matured, right, in your perspective about yourself and then you've got your, your, your dreams and your goals in mind while you're building relationships because all that matters, mm-hmm. right? So if you have a perspective about where you're going in life and what your future looks like, um, you just won't just easily dive into something that does not advocate to or does not actually assist what you're trying to do in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm dating because I want to figure out, can I find someone to help me build what I'm working on? Not just somebody that's going to make me feel good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, because people can do that and then you still can be addicted to the feeling and never like the person. Yeah. Hey, y'all. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope your week is going well. And if not, I pray things begin to shift for you. So I need a couple favorites. Would y'all mind subscribing to the show? It's super easy. Whatever platform you are listening on, search the show and hit that subscribe button for me. Next, can y'all follow the podcast pages and each week share the wisdom and knowledge that is released? I will also love if you share the takeaways from the show. I truly believe that each week, each episode has something that has been said and will be said that will resonate with someone and can help assist in the growth and development of their life. The social media handles are Muzzle No More, the podcast, and that's on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Thanks so much. Now back to the show. So do you not believe in love at first sight? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> lies, all lies. Lies. Fallacy is fake. It's fake. No, mm-hmm. I don't believe in that at all. Um, I don't even believe you can fall in love. Mm. 
I don't believe you should. I, well, I'm saying like this. I believe people would say that they fell in love, but I think that that is even um, a figment of our imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an emotional high that we have gotten into without control of our decisions. Think about it. Anybody that falls, nobody falls on purpose. Mm-hmm. You don't calculate a fall. You're not pre-planning to fall. You, you don't have a strategy, a blueprint on how you're going to fall. It's something that just happens to you out of nowhere, unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. So when people say that they fall in love, it's like, I wasn't even looking for love. You know, I wasn't even worried about dating. And then here come this person. I just fell in love with them, uh, which means that they really weren't calculating their decisions, their behavior. They weren't even prepared for a relationship. Even if you're not in one, you should be prepared for it. Especially if it's something that you want. So the love at first sight, you know, concept uh, has everything to do with attraction because you have not discovered who this person is. You don't know the depth of their their intent. You don't know what their motives could be. You don't know what their goals are. Uh, you don't know their personality. You haven't discovered them in their worst moments or in their best moments. So I think all of that is just based upon an attraction or this emotion that we get, this rush that we get in our soul or in our, you know, in our mind about a particular person or the way that their voice sounds that they dress they cologne they perfume you ain't in love you just right. <laughs> you just taken back you know by by this particular individual uh i think that that in order for you to develop what is real real love uh it has to be separated from from romanticism now here's the thing about that uh the bible talks about you know and you know i'm a preacher so i had to bring it up okay oh, yeah. <laughs> uh they, that you know a husband should love their wife as christ loved the church right mm-hmm. and uh that love is agape it's not eros. Eros is romantic love. Mm-hmm. So a husband is supposed to love his wife in a way that's sacrificial more than it is romantic. Mm-hmm. Now, we're built on the romance because romance provides us feeling. It's attached to what we could enjoy. Sacrifice is attached to what hurts. So truthfully, you can't really measure if a person loves you if they're not willing to go through pain for you. So if you're only addicted to the good that I'm able to provide or how well I can make you feel, then it's not really proof that you love me. Mm -hmm. You love the feeling that I give you. Okay. Or you love the feeling that is provided with my presence and with my, you know, my interaction with you. Um, But true love uh, is a decision to go through pain for the betterment of somebody else. So that means I'm hurting or I have to deal with the the brokenness of trying to grow and mature because I know that you benefit most from that. Mm -hmm. And that's what uh, real love is. And you have to make a decision that has to be calculated. Like you have to choose that. I believe you should choose who you love. If you are with someone, you're in relationship with them you choose whether or not um, that person is deserving of your love based upon if they benefit best from it you see what i'm saying so i'm gonna i like this is the thing and uh i think this is the main source of many people's disappointment too uh, is when we get into relationships we want people to love us the way that we love them right mm-hmm. so i'm just i'm just you know i'm all out you know i'm just committed i i love hard etc etc and so anytime someone doesn't love us on the level that we love them, quote unquote, uh, we're disappointed. You know, we're heartbroken. Things fall apart. Um, but the thing I discovered is nobody's ever going to be able to love like you. Mm-hmm. Your love has been tailor made the way that it is. Your personality, your experiences, your values, everything of who you are. Uh, it, it, it creates this, you know, this whole spectrum of how you love people. And so however you do it is how you do it. Nobody else will be able to love like you. So what your love languages are, you may be in a relationship with someone that have totally different love languages than you. 
right? But theirs should never alter yours. You love how you love. If you're an affectionate person, that's just who you are. If you are a person that is, you know, uh, consistently, um, you know, giving people words of encouragement or you use your words to describe how you feel about people, that's just the way that you do it. Someone else may not do that back to you, but it doesn't mean that they don't love you on the same level. Mm -hmm. Love can match even though it's not expressed the exact same way. But what you have to find out is, when I love someone my way to my full capacity, how does it benefit them? Is their life better? Are they stronger? Um, are they strengthened? Are they moved toward positivity? Is their purpose unlocked? Is there, are their gifts unlocked? Because I love them. If my love makes your life better, then I know I'm assigned to love you. But there are some people who can take your love and never improve, right? Never change, never grow, never mature. Nothing about their life is better. They're just taking what you give them and they're just basically absorbing it like a sponge, but nothing is happening. That's when you know you're wasting your time. And you have to choose to pull yourself away from that environment. <laughs> okay. Now, what phase we in when we doing all this? <laughs> uh, by this time, you you you're probably you know like in the phase where you're kind of figuring out if this is serious or not. You know, and everything you know um, that you get into, you know, you get into it like with intent. I don't think anybody's just dating, like you know, just like oh, I'm just you know out here just doing my thing, you know, wasting a little time, you know, nobody got no time to waste. Yeah. So you 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 enter into things hoping like, okay, this might turn serious. So the moment that you feel like it might turn serious, you have to start analyzing how does this person even respond to my personality. How do they handle me when I'm at my best self or, or have they even seen me at my lowest point? Mm -hmm. So you have to start considering those things. I think that when you do that, you make conscious decisions about who you love, who you engage with. Um, because I wake up every day and uh, I choose to love my wife. It's a choice that I make. Mm -hmm. I am in love with her, right? But I choose every day to wake up and love her. I have to make that decision, okay? And uh, when you do that, you can actually see that you're more in control of your behaviors. You're more in control of your decisions when you are the one that puts that choice back on yourself. If you're led by the feeling, like I'm in love with you, I just got this feeling. The moment that that feeling is gone, right, then your behavior will be detached from that feeling. Mm -hmm. The absence of the feeling will be the absence of your choice to love. Versus when you choose to do it by, by your own volition, by your own will, even if you don't feel like it today, you still do it. And that's the baddest, the foundation of, you know, real love to me and biblically. <laughs> that's good. So when I was in college, I went to the Wesley Foundation and one week I remember we had this speaker mm -hmm. and he came and he talked about dating. Okay. And it just blew all of our, our minds. We were like, what? We've never heard anything like this. Mm -hmm. So he talked about um, him and his wife how they met and their process of dating before they got married. Mm -hmm. And so he said that they agreed to date other people while they were dating. I love it. And I was like, mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> I need I you to it. be loyal to me. I hear you. I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear and you. so they talked about how like, okay, she was the first one to kind of go on a date with somebody else. And he was like, I was, he was like, I was terrified. I was heartbroken. I was yeah. just like, God awful hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, I would be the same way too. And so it kind of sounds like you're saying like, we need to kind of do kind of the same thing. Like, so do you think like single to marry or being like strictly loyal to my boo? Oh my God. Single to marry. 
Single to married. This loyal to your boo is a setup for emotional disappointment mm-hmm. because that foundation is so, so unstable. Mm-hmm. People have redefined what boo is anyway, and people got their own definition of what they look like. Like they can call you your, your look, that's my little boo, and I don't even talk to you for two weeks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or like, you know, that, you know what I'm saying? That's my little son right there. You know how people do. Mm-hmm. And there's no real like connection necessarily, or it's based upon one experience people may have had with each other. Um, and then, you know, for, for women, that's a lot more emotion tied to who you call your boo and your mm-hmm. bae. Like if you call them boo, you really like them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If it's somebody that's, you ain't really that really interested in. You're like, well, nah, I mean, you know, they're just my friend. You know, they're just my, this is what y'all do. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But when it's boo, like, okay, I like them. Like this could go somewhere. So, um, I think you have to limit, first of all, the number of people who get that space, who get that title from you mm-hmm. is boo. Um, you need to limit that. I think there's no, nobody need to get it unless it's, you know, about to be your spouse. They don't already, you know, proposed fiance can get the yeah. title boo. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. But you definitely single to marry. There has to be a purpose, you know, behind dating, you know, and their purpose is to see what person best caters to my life. Now, first of all, you have to have a grip on what your life is about. There has to be a definition. There has to be a theme of, you know, what your life looks like or what you're going to become based upon your career, based upon if you're in school, based upon whether you are a business owner, you know, um, your preferences, you know, what city you want to live in, you know, uh, where you see yourself in the next five years, where you see yourself in the next 10 years. Like the person that comes into your life has to be compatible with all of those things, not just your emotion. They can be fine. I mean, they can touch you the right way and just know how to kiss you and you just be like oh my god they perfect no but in the next five years you're growing and you're achieving uh, and this person has no personal goals at all so they ride your back financially they ride you know they ride your back expect you to provide for them or you to be the source of the vision for that you know for the household or whatever the case may be so i think that you should definitely talk to multiple people and you should never put your eggs in one basket. If all your eggs is in one basket, when that basket falls, <laughs> all your eggs is broke, bruh. No. You need to spread out your emotions, spread out your expectations, spread out the dating scene through multiple people. And the way that you do that without becoming emotionally attached is you date with a purpose. Okay, and I mean, I mean, now, now this is made this may be well beyond some people's concept of dating, but I mean, you know, you got me here, so I got to just say, um, dating with a purpose is I have intention to discover you while I'm dating. So that means even the dates are set up for me to figure out who you are. So we ain't just going to the movies just to watch a movie because I can't learn nothing about you sitting there with you watching a movie. But if we go and do some sort of dating activity that's like, you know, an escape room or something that has something to do with art or something that has to do with like problem solving, I can get an idea like, okay, are you a critical thinker? Are you creative? Like, how are you, are you quick on your feet? How do you solve problems? If you're dating to figure this person out, I need to put you in an environment so I can see how do you handle these situations. But if you just got chill time, because that's where you get emotionally tied up when you're just chilling and you're just talking randomly and you're just hanging out. That's when your emotions get tired because you just enjoy having this person in your space. But the reality is a person who has um, the capability of showing you that I am, I, I'm diplomatic, you know, I, I know what I want, I, I'm, I'm focused, I, I've got a goal, I've got a, you know, I got an, I, an idea of what I want to build with you, and I'm consistently creating moments and spaces for us to better learn each other. 
that person has a perspective about dating you for real, for real. Somebody else just want to be around somebody. Like they just think you cool and you straight and they want to be around you. And you get emotionally tired right there because there's no purpose besides us just being around each other. So you start to miss them because you done got used to them being around. Not because the truth is when there's a purpose in place, like, okay, I figured out when we went horseback riding that, you know, this person is a good leader. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you could possibly figure that out in a scene like that, or uh, when you when you went and you you know did a painting with a twist or something, and you could see what colors they use, and you say, okay, this person's creative, their mind is out of the box, they think differently about things, right? So you can start to enjoy a person's mind over just what they can provide to you by feeling. And I think that's what's going to really create real love because once I can see that I enjoy how you think. I will be comfortable when you actually are invited into my space listening to you think. That's good. Not just want you to touch me. You, you know, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That's like really good. So what boundaries do you think we need to set like when dating? So we just don't like get so emotionally like connected to people and just like <laughs> want them around all the time. <laughs> oh my God. Like okay. even like physical and emotional boundaries. Well, Okay. Now, this is very controversial, but I think physically, you shouldn't be engaged at all physically on no level. Ooh, you can't geez. hold my hand? No. <laughs> you no. can't rub my back? <laughs> no, don't hold my hand, don't rub my back, don't kiss me, none of that. I don't think you should be engaged in it on any level physically. So you mean to tell me I can't kiss my man in the mouth? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't think you should. No. I can't even... Not a peck on the forehead. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be totally against a peck on the forehead, I don't think. But I think there's a reason why, and I don't know if we ever thought into it. I think there's a reason why after uh, you get married, your marriage ceremony, wherever it may be, I think there's a reason why they have that particular thing set in the marriage ceremony. Mm-hmm. You may now kiss your bride. Like it means something. It is the first sign of public, public confirmation and intimacy between you and this person that this is the person that you are meant to do that with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it shows every one of the witnesses that is there that this is the person I'm committed to do this and more with. And I'm doing this in front of them, be, you know, in front of everybody, because this is what I think is decent for mm-hmm. us to do because we are a married couple. Uh, but ultimately, that's a particular part of, you know, emotional and physicality that is really purposely just for those two people. So if you're kissing somebody that you don't know that you're going to even be with, I mean, what you doing? You're just, you're just out here putting your lips on everybody. No, no. I think it should be reserved for the person that you're going to do it with the rest of your life. Because mm-hmm. if you, all right, let me just say it this way, and I'm going to put it in this perspective and maybe to help bring it a little closer to home. If you get married, right? Mm-hmm. You marry, you, you got a husband. If you kiss another man, would he be mad? Yeah. If he kissed another woman, would you be mad? Definitely. All right. So if you're preparing to be a wife, right? This is my perspective. Especially if you are a saved Christian woman, you're preparing to be a wife. He that findeth the wife, right? So that means that when he finds you, you need to be a wife already. So that means your behavior, your conduct, your sexual um, decisions, everything about you needs to be wife already. So when a man get a wife, his wife needs to be faithful to him. His wife needs to be loyal to him. His wife needs to be committed to him. Her body, everything about her, it belongs to him. So I don't want your lips on another man when you my wife. Your lips should be on another man when you ain't married yet. Mm-hmm. 
Because you, even though you don't have the husband, you are already a wife. So I just can't be kissing random dudes. This, these lips are for my husband. <laughs> See? So even though the man is not physically there yet, like spiritually, I'm conducting myself like he is. Mm-hmm. So if I kiss anybody and come to find out later down the road that this man ain't my husband, it's like almost like in a sense, I cheated on who I'm actually supposed to be with. You know what I'm saying? And then you remember what they felt like. You remember the emotions tied to that kiss. And if the person you are about to be with, you know, don't kiss as good as them. You're going to remember that. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it starts very small um, because, you know, it seems like it's, it ain't no big deal. It ain't nothing. But that's the thing that leads to everything else. And even from a natural perspective, um, you know, in a common situation as far as marriage, everybody knows it, recognizes a kiss leads to everything else. So I say no. That's what I say. That's me. And then holding hands. Okay. I'll tell you why, why I don't deal with that. Especially in a public setting. Mm-hmm. If we ain't sure what we have, why we holding hands? Because if people see us in public and we hold hands, automatically the sign that's sent to them is we together. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. The sign automatically, if I'm holding your hand and we walk through the mall, me and you together, oh, they're a cute couple. They think we together. But if we hadn't even defined what we are yet, you don't get to hold my hand. You don't get to give them a presentation of something that we ain't discussed yet. That's one thing, okay? On top of that, um, hands have everything to do with agreement. Prior to this particular time, you know, in uh, in old days and, you know, in, in uh, modern history before this, deals were made by shaking hands or holding hands. Like, you, it was a contractual agreement when someone's hands were in another person's hand. So I think that symbolizes agreement. It symbolizes understanding. Like, we know what we have. We know what we're doing. We know what we are. And if you're still confused about that, if you're not sure about what that is, I don't think you should be doing it because it sends a message that's not clear between the two of you. That's me though, you know. I gotta, I gotta keep saying that's me as a disclaimer, so nobody, you know, be like, "Oh my God, that's crazy!" I'm holding my man hand wherever. Okay, well, fine. You holding all these different hands, and you ain't got no agreement. You ain't got no relationship standard. You ain't got no boundary. You don't know what y'all gonna be. I mean, that's your thing. You wanna go kiss everybody? That's your business. But I'm telling you, you can be in situations where you learn people, you conversate with them, you spend time with them, you talk to them, you date purposefully, and there's no physicality attached, and you can learn to love them without it. If if you start kissing, touching, having sex early, you will love the feeling more than the person. I promise you, you will. You will be more attached to how they make you feel. Their kisses are amazing. Their lips are just perfect. You will be talking about that versus this man is an amazing thinker. He is, he is so creative. He's so artistic. He, he, he's a communicator. He understands how to express how he feels. He's emotional, but not too much, right? He's driven, but not so much to where he can't even fit me into his schedule. Like, you learn a person so much well beyond their ability to just make you feel good physically. You get to explore all of that after you marry to them. And then it's never a dull moment because you're still finding out stuff you haven't learned yet. But if you do all of that physical exploring, in the beginning, you ain't have nothing to explore later. And if you haven't done the mental exploring, the emotional exploring, what you should be doing while you're dating, if you haven't practiced that before you get married, you won't have it when you do. So then eventually the sex start to get boring. You know, you don't you get mad enough, you're like, I don't even want you to touch me. But at first it was the touching that had you just completely gone. Oh girl, he touched me, girl. I just feel chills all down my spine. And then he do something <laughs> when you get mad, you're like, Negro, leave me alone, get out of my face, don't touch me, leave me alone. 
Okay, because I've heard that a lot. Leave me alone. Get away from my Leave me alone. Okay, so you don't even want them to touch you. Notice this. When you're mad with a person, the first thing you cut off is their ability to touch you. That's the first boundary you set. Get away from me. But notice, it was them being around you that made you fall in love with them. That's a problem. That's a problem. I need reasons to love you beyond just how you can make me feel. Because if you ever for any moment can't make me feel that way anymore, is my love still beneficial to you? Is your commitment to me still beneficial to me beyond how I feel? Because feelings are going to change. And feelings will change based upon your values changing or your desires change. As you grow as an adult, even in a marriage relationship, every single day, you're, you're, you're growing. You're changing. If I could go back and, and date all over again, I would have done it differently. I would have put some more things in place. Uh, I don't think people should be in your personal space at your house. They shouldn't even see the inside of your house yet. Yeah. I don't think so at all. Uh, we need to be meeting somewhere else outside of here dating with a purpose. Like my extracurricular time or my, you know, my downtime is my downtime. Now I don't want to necessarily bring you into that space so that I start to convert my time to our time. Because if I actually enjoy that, then when you're not here, I'm going to miss that. You see what I'm saying? You just said something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what you're going to miss. When you, I miss so-and-so, you miss those little non-purposeful just random moments with them them being at your house them coming over y'all just talking just eating popcorn laying on the phone for being on FaceTime for three or four hours like that's just a fool no yeah. I know we used to do that back in the day like you know we just be on the phone all night and fall asleep on the phone and wake up that is crazy get off the phone I gotta go to work in the morning right you wake up you <laughs> screenshot we've been on the phone for 12 hours oh, that's <laughs> 12 hours doing nothing talking doing about this. nothing just just being there so even that is is tying us emotionally but there's still no purpose behind that tie you know what i'm saying i want to be tied to a purpose because if you're gonna marry somebody you're not marrying for love you shouldn't marry for love they're gonna kill me for this lord you gotta they gotta get my book when i read so i can explain it first <laughs> but you don't marry for love you marry for a purpose it's a marriage is a business contract I'm getting ready to be with somebody mm-hmm. that we about to set up a legacy. We about to do something that literally what me and you build together, our children can live in this after us. Your family will be affected. My family will be affected. Everybody around us will be able to see the legacy that we build. It's a business deal. Mm-hmm. So I need to see, can you be a partner before you can be a lover? Oof. And the truth is, if you are a good partner, I can fall in love with what we build together so much that it makes me love you because you only me and you could build this. That's what makes me love my, my wife more than anybody in the world. Right. Because what we build together with our family, with our, you know, with our children, with our church, like nobody else could have helped me build TG like her. Right. Nobody else could have helped me have the children. I, like she is responsible for what I've been able to build. So I love her for her as a person. I love her as well because we couldn't, nobody else in the world could help me build this. Like the way that it looks, the way that it flows, the way that it functions, it's because we did it together. So that's the foundation of I love you because I couldn't do this with nobody else but you. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So you, it's, it's a business deal. It ain't a love thing. It's so good. You okay. just dropped so many gems <laughs> on the Oh my God. <laughs> so um, is there like any more like advice or like wisdom that you want to give to like singles who are dating right now and desire marriage. Yeah, I think you should date with a purpose. Like everything has to be purposeful. Conversations need to be purposeful. 
the time that you go out needs to be purposeful, like do different things, like go on pottery dates, do art dates, go, you know, do something, something athletic, like go and, you know, hike a mountain or something. Right. Just to see if this person has stamina. Are they a kind of person that like, has endurance? Like, what is your drive? Like, are you a quitter? Do you give up when things get difficult? I want to see that manifest in real life. Mm-hmm. Not just hearing you say, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm a go get. I do my thing. Well, let's go hike a mountain and see if you quit. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, you know what I'm saying? Like you date with a purpose to discover something about them. I think you, you talk to people enough to figure out what their family dynamic was like. Um, you want to see, you know, did this person struggle with rejection? Have they, have they dealt with the bad? issues like you know what's the relationship with their parents and you're not asking those questions directly so that a person feel like you have an end goal like why are you asking me that because that can be weird mm-hmm. but you just know how to direct conversations and you know how to communicate in a way that those answers come out just while you're talking like people can tell you about their childhood you can see what their you know first love experiences were like because if people come from a broken family or come from a home where you know love wasn't expressed the same way they may struggle giving it to you you know um if people uh, did not have a direct example in a way of what, you know, a parent should be, uh, then you need to be, you know, really thinking about whether you can build a family with them if they have the endurance to be a parent, if they didn't see it or if they didn't, mm-hmm. you know, uh, watch a pattern of that particular thing. Or if a person, you know, has God in their life, okay, how committed are they to their spiritual development and their process to make sure that all of area, all their areas of their life are healed? You know what I'm saying? Like, you need to see if a person is in therapy or not? Are they talking to people? Do they got what they friends like? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I want to see what your friends like. What's, what's your friends' values? What are their morals? Because if y'all kick it together, then obviously y'all got something in common. Yep. You see what I'm saying? So there kind of be a purpose. It's so much to discover beyond just kissing, touching, laid up, cuddling, you know. It's a, it's, a, it's a world of things to discover. And I think you need to make lists. You need to study. You need to do some background. You want to see what people's credit line. Do they pay their bills? How much money they got saved? Like, see, do they spend frivolously? Like, I'll give you an example of uh, someone I know that was like, you know, dating this guy or whatever. And um, she was like, you know, I, mean, I just really like him. I mean, like, he pays for everything. Like, when we go out, he just pays for everything. I was like, so are you surprised? She was like, well, yeah, I never had a guy do that. I was like, well, no, that's the standard. Like, you're the prize. You're the objective here. The standard is, yeah, you want to take me out, you pay for everything. We ain't going Dutch. You ask me out. <laughs> Like that's the standard Like you gotta come on up A little bit Like I expect that So if I expect it I'm not surprised When you do it I'm not flattered When you do it Mm -hmm. Because I expect it Even beyond that I say well even if that He's paying for everything Okay So where he stay Who he stay with Well I don't know uh, you know, do he got a, what apartments he stay in? If you find out how much his rent could be or how much his light bill could be, like, you know, cause you may find out that bro might be behind on his bills, but he, you know what I'm saying, dipping out all this money to impress you like he yeah. got it and he don't. <laughs> so like, just because you can pay for this date and you can, you know what I'm saying, put, you know, help me get my car fixed don't mean that you got your priorities together. You could be putting me before your own personal life. So I want to see, do you spend frivolously? Do you make wise financial decisions? All of those things matter. All of those things, man. I mean, take an accounting class together before you get married or something. I mean, a lot of stuff you can do. It's so much. I can keep going. Yes. <laughs> That's so good. Thank you so much, like, just for dropping, dropping these gems on us today. So what can we be looking for from you in the future? Well, I'm glad you answered that. I'm getting ready to do um, a three-day master class. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be called Think Like a Save Man. 
Okay. And it's going to be just for uh, women initially. I'm going to do a class. I'm going to teach sisters um, how to basically get the ring. And I'm going to do it for three days for the okay. women, for the single women. Uh, and then after that, I'm going to come back. I'm going to do another one for the single brothers. And uh, I want to help them um, understand how uh, to be prepared to look for a wife, what they should do, how they groom themselves. <clears throat> Most men uh, want the company of a woman, but not the responsibility of a woman. So, <laughs> so I got to get ready to, you know, to train them for this. I'm going to do those master classes for both single women, and single men. And then from there, I'm going to bring it back together. Uh, and eventually next year, I'm going to do something called the Boo Conference which would be uh, a singles conference uh, that I would do for Christian singles because I do realize now that there is uh, a great depletion of space where people who are Christian uh, can find healthy, you know, places to like express their dating de desires and to meet people and et cetera, you know, uh, and the world created that space for themselves, you know, like online dating and Tinder, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, they created those spaces uh, for themselves, even just, you know, like, you know, in, in the 90s when they would do like speed dating, they have space where they could come and meet people. So I want to do a singles conference uh, for Christians where people literally can come to meet people and we train and okay. we teach. But uh, <laughs> the whole setup is about people being able to meet, to engage, and I will provide them rooms and spaces where they can talk and get to know one another and different courses, different activities like purposeful dating. So it's going to be called the Boo Conference. And uh, I'm writing a book called uh, What You Don't Do With Your Boo. Okay. So all that's going to be hitting at the same time. I'm hoping I'll sell, sell my book at the conference and all of that. But I want to help the singles know what to do to get married. Christian singles especially. Ooh. The folks that ain't saved probably ain't going to like my, my perspective. They, <laughs> they ain't going to like your The saved folks ain't going to like it either. Like, I can't kiss. Oh, my God. I can't touch. No. One of that. A lot of different stuff I can go into, but my book is filled. It's going to be filled with that. Uh, it has. It's almost like the Ten Commandments of you know dating. Uh, everything is about don't do this, don't do that, and it's not um, because I want to uh, build this, build a person's you know like appetite for like you know desire. Because often the time when you told you can't do something, it make you want to do it even more. But I actually provide structural points as to why I feel like you shouldn't hold hands, why I feel like you shouldn't kiss. kiss um, why I feel like uh, you shouldn't buy a person gifts. I can't buy them nothing. <laughs> Gonna read my book. <laughs> when it come out, I got a perspective to buy it because watch this. See, I'm gonna ask you this, right? When you buy somebody a gift or they buy you something and then y'all break up and y'all ain't together no more and you see that thing that they bought you, what do you wanna do with it? Burn it up. Okay, <laughs> my point is <laughs> <laughs> my point why because your emotion about that person is tied to what they gave you so even after they're gone the emotion is still there attached to that gift but if you have nothing from them you have no sight no reminder of that you don't have you don't have anything to take those emotions out on so that you can learn how to process them healthily versus just throwing stuff out and ripping up all their clothes and you oh I feel so much better you actually really don't that's a physical thing that you've done the emotional work hadn't been done yet so I, mean, I got I got I got a lot of stuff, but it's gonna be great. Though. I think it's gonna help the Saints once I get it out. Definitely. So I'm ready for this boot conference. <laughs> you need book. it. <laughs> yeah, you need it. They need it too. Yeah. So you want to pray us out and just sure, sure. Pray for the singles and pray, 
pray for the singles, Lord. Let's pray for the singles. Come on, let's pray. <laughs> Father, I thank you so much that you have uh, provided us, God, this space, this opportunity, and this environment where we can come, Lord, to learn and to grow uh, and develop perspectives about what it is that you want us to do in this life. We thank you, Lord, that you have placed us here, that we can manifest purpose, that we can make your name known, and we appreciate you for every single opportunity you give us to grow and to develop into the people that we were born to be. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless even now everyone who's listening to this podcast and that you would give them a deeper perspective of themselves. God, let them grow uh, in self-awareness and self-esteem and let them continue to build upon the foundation of principles that you have given them through your word and through your spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would bless all of the singles around the world and all of those who are uh, desiring to date, those that want to be married, those who are trying to get into serious relationships. Lord, guard their heart. Give them perspective. Give them strategies. Give them blueprints. I pray that you would download into them the type of ideas that would help them to know how to do this in a way that they keep you first and the purpose second. I pray, Lord, that you would bless us, God, to um, completely detach from every emotional soul tie that we have been tied down to so that our heart and our soul can be made available for the people that you have created for us to be with, Lord. Help us to build healthy relationships and friendships and help us, Lord, ultimately to be great and wonderful people so that we can show the world that you are a risen Savior and we are an example of that. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise in the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.